but it is to say that if you're going to get to the next level, you will have to let go of some of the things that are currently your world. And so there's a, an uncomfortable confrontation with like, oh man, I want to get to the next level. Are you willing to let go of everything that you have? Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me excited to have Aaron Velke. Aaron, how are you doing today? Fantastic. We're starting a new year. Man, I got a ton of energy. <laughs> That's good. You know, sometimes the start of the new year can be kind of crazy. You just got done with all of the uh, the holiday stuff and you're like, man, I just need some days off. And and, and you end up, I, I've actually had it happen to me where I'm just like, man, I, I'm just not ready to go. I got back from a ski trip and then did all the family stuff. And I'm like, I'm still dreaming about the mountains. You know, is how do you, is there anything you do to get yourself raring to go like right on the first or second or whatever the official first day is for you? So yes, there is. I am very deliberate every year to do a, a really intense end of year reflection. So I, I look at, I print my whole calendar on paper and I, I go through with a highlighter and I, I go, I comb through every event that I have. Do you Every print it out like 2023's calendar or you yep. print okay. yep, the entire 2023 calendar? So each week is a page. So it's 52 pages. I go through every, I comb through everything. Hmm. Then I look at uh, my main bank account where most of my daily transactions are and credit card statements, comb through every, all 12 months of those. And then I go through my photos in my, my phone. So those three things are like the benchmark of review. And then I map out. You know, what, what did I do well this year? What did I learn? Where were my wins? Where were my losses? Where were my lessons? And I use that to then build the 2024 mission, the goals, all those things. And what I found is that uh, we, we've got this exercise mapped out. So if, if anybody wants it, I'm, I'm happy to share it with them. This, this structure has really helped me start the year with, with two things. One is a degree of, I, I know where I've came from, which is, is very calming because that, that end of year, especially if you're ambitious, that end of year is also like, I got to finish this and I got to submit this. Yeah, and I need to get anxious. this done. And, right. You know, I, I got to make sure this investment transaction happens. I, yeah. I had to do that this year. I'm like, I got to transfer, 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 transfer. And, and you have 12 hours to do this. So it anchors all of that. But it also allows me to start the first or the second, not feeling like I haven't already paid attention to what needs attention. and you know, I'm not a, I'm not a gym goer in January is sort of the metaphor that I live with. I'm not, I'm not frantic. I'm not yeah. oversaturated with like, go fast. I use January to plan an anchor, but having done that reflection really sets me up for a really strong year. I love that, man. That is really cool. I've never met anybody that does that, that you don't realize, I think what you accomplish in a year. And, and so it's well easy said. to get disappointed because you're, Sometimes you just look at back at the last couple of months or you didn't accomplish a couple of those big goals that maybe you set forth and you're like, oh man, that, that I just didn't do what I need to do. But if you really look at your calendar, look at your pictures, look at your bank statements, like really truly reflect, you're probably going to see a lot of progress happen. And I like, you know, you, you obviously you're looking at 
what did you learn? Like, what did, what mistakes did you make? How can you improve upon it? And all that kind of stuff. So that is super cool. I really appreciate you telling our listeners about that. Something that I'm going to do now. So I'm stealing that from you. And I'll send uh, you the I'm, I'm using that. <laughs> I love it. So a little bit about Aaron. Uh, he's a transformational coach on a mission to help you solve your biggest problem. And what is that? It is you. He's been through all the things that kept him from living the life he wanted and you know, being his own worst enemy, believing in his own excuses, not having someone to hold them accountable to change those things. And now Aaron and his team at get out of your own way, coach leaders, entre- coach leaders, entrepreneurs, and companies. Uh, and they want you to take it to the next level and have success and impact. Aaron, give our listeners a bit more about just about your background and, and then we'll talk about, uh, you know, what, what you're doing today. Happily. Uh, I've gotten to walk through a lot of different lifetimes. It feels like I've, I've dabbled in a lot of things and I've been on this pursuit of wealth and I've been on this pursuit of growth and expansion. I started coaching athletics uh, when I was just out of college. And when you coach athletics at a high enough level, you notice that every player can play and talent is pretty abundant. So as an athletic coach, my job was to essentially build confidence. And it wasn't long after that, that mindset and principles of success started to find its way into my athletic coaching. I was building a a couple companies out. I had some success there and it wasn't long before entrepreneurs started to raise their hand and say, Hey, can you help me build a life? Now the question in, can you help me build a life is different than can you help me be successful? I was starting to gather interest from individuals who had already become successful by most standard metrics, but had not figured out what wealth was to them. So they were still living under the premonition that wealth was engineered by the world, not engineered by them. And so I've spent the last uh, four or five years really in the pursuit of, of a, a very simple idea. And that's that if, if I look at every part of my life that was limited and less than what I truly wanted, less than my dream, I was the problem. And it's a really hard reality to look in the mirror and make the assumption that you're the issue. But when you do that, you also become the solution. If you recognize that you're the problem, you can become the solution. So now what we do at Get Out of Your Own Way is we help individuals who are either in a transition phase, maybe they've sold their business, maybe they have achieved everything they set out to achieve. And they're like, dude, what's next? I don't don't know what to do. Or they're at a plateau, they're stuck. And they're unable to recognize the patterns that they're, they're caught in that are keeping them from the next level. So we're the change agent, we're the, uh, the catalyst for individuals to live more fulfilling lifestyles, but also to find the next level of success in business, in their pursuit of wealth, in their identification of their values, and the way that they, I'd say the way that they create a worthy cause, worth getting up for every day, worth fighting for, worth climbing for, because at the end of the day, that's what we're all after is a worthy cause. What do you mean by wealth engineered by the world and not by them what explain that more in detail so when i was growing up uh, i I didn't really come from a whole lot my dad was a blue collar entrepreneur demolition guy so i was hanging sheetrock when i was like six and at that time man i was a comic book kid I, i i really wanted for a lot but what i wanted was 
the car, the house, the things, the watches, the shoes, all those things. And so wealth became this idea projected by the world that if I owned it, I was free. Mm. And I think that definition has changed over time in, in various different capacities. But the idea that if I own something, I'm free changed a lot when I started to build business. Because if I'm an owner of a business, I'm probably less free. And I started to realize that my own journey was taking me down this, this interesting road of like, well, now I own more, but I'm not free at all. I'm, I'm actually setting another goal that takes me away from freedom. I'm taking another objective and blasting it to the, the moon. And now I'm tied to that. And I'm tethered to that. So my definition of wealth has changed. My idea of what it means to be free has changed. And much of what wealth engineered by the world really represents is the, the, the like masses identity of, of what it means to be successful. And I think that it's a really deeply personal question that we dodge for a long time. And we think that if we, we get, I thought this, if, if I get to a certain place, I can rest and I can be happy and I'll, I'll have all these things around me. And the reality is it never works like that. Cause if you don't know you, then you don't know what successes looks like for you. You're just in a wheel. It's just a different wheel than you think. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, there's, there's this like misconception or this belief that like you're climbing a mountain and you get to the top and you put your arms up and you're successful. And that's, that's, yeah, and you stay there forever. <laughs> yep. You never come back down that mountain. Yep. And that's just not how it goes. If you go to the top of the mountain and you get there and that's all you're going to do, you're going to fall back down. Yep. And you're going to be miserable. You're going to be back to where you were before, before the climb. The climb was the most fun part, right? And, and that's, I, I feel like I had that kind of thought. And I think a lot of, most people probably do, right? I had that thought of, I need to get to X amount of money, you know, do, do this. And I'm going to retire. My, uh, my original goal was to retire by the time I was 40. I'm going to retire by the time I was 40. Yep. And then I'm just going to live the rest of my life and hang out and do whatever I want when I want. And that's it. And it's like that to me right now, just sounds like torture. I enjoy yep. doing things that I want to do. Right. But part of it is the challenge of creating something new, of doing something different. Like that's part of what makes you feel fulfilled, right? Am I right or am I wrong? Oh, I, I will say it with a lot more punch and pizzazz because that's my job. I think that trying to get to a place where you retire by 40 and do nothing all day is a pathetic existence. Yeah, terrible. It, it not only predicates this like gluttony of nothingness, but it is based on an escapism mentality that you are in no way obligated to contribute to the world, to make other people better, to have a, a, a positive impact. And it, it's a dismantling of a, a significant responsibility. If you're successful, yeah. you, you have a responsibility to do something with that. And if the goal is to retire, then naturally the next goal would be to find the next pursuit, right? What am I going to pursue now that, that maybe has an impact? You don't need to be like a social crusader, but 
that there is a degree of responsibility that you avoid when you're like, I'm just going to sit down and I don't want anybody to call me, no, leave me alone. I'm going to sit in my, my cabin and waste away. And we see this. If you look at the average American that retires at 65 and dismantles their work, dismantles their relationships and goes on this like bender of a, you know, I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm letting go. I'm jettisoning everything. They wither away fast. Yeah. Because the, the human spirit is designed to fight and to endure and to pursue something. And if you don't have a pursuit, it's all going to crumble underneath you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's it's the, the sad, you know, fact of you see the people that work their whole life and they retire in the, you know, the day, the month, the year after they retire, they're, they're dead. Gone. Yep. Gone. <laughs> what... You, know, you talk about the you talked about the next level of success. You coach a lot of people, coach a lot of people that are business owners that want to be successful, are successful, want to get to the next level. What does it take? Like maybe you got a blueprint, you know, a couple of things. What's it take for you know to get to that next level? Two things. The first is an uncomfortable realization that your next level is probably undefined. Hmm. One of the, the challenges that people run into and that, that I've run into is that if, if I wanna to get to the next level, it's not gonna look anything like the current one, which means that everything is gonna be unknown. It's gonna be new. I'm gonna fail at it. I'm not gonna be the expert. And I'm gonna have a huge confrontation likely with my ego who is saturated in my current level of success. Hey, I'm the guy, I'm the man. When you need a problem solved, you come to me. And the next level does not look that way. And that's not to say you don't retain some of those success characteristics. But it is to say that if you're going to get to the next level, you will have to let go of some of the things that are currently your world. And so there's a, an uncomfortable confrontation with like, Oh, man, I want to get to the next level. Are you willing to let go of everything that you have? That is wildly uncomfortable. Yeah. That's, the second thing. That's a scary thought, right? For somebody who's successful yes. already. To oh say, my God, man. It, and I, I'm scared of that, right? Like, yeah, I'm moving into a next level. What, what that means from a practical perspective is like, wow, this is fun and exciting. Okay. And also there's a lot of fear attached to that. There's a lot of mystery attached to that. And, and to do that, I have to I have to look myself in the mirror and say like hey I I know that you're unfamiliar with this territory but you got to grow and you're capable of growing. Yep. But to detach is really scary because we yep. we build our safety in our castles. So especially if you're listening and you're ambitious we we work really hard to build it. Every day we get up, you might be buying real estate, you might be looking at deals, you might be investing and and having conversations with various different fund managers and all of a sudden you want to get to the next level and, and none of those conversations are relevant anymore. None of the, the partners and none of the relationships are relevant anymore. So we often think that the, ne the next level is like this uh, simple stair climb. And it, it really is more than anything, letting go of, of most of the things that you currently have. So when someone says, I want to get to the next level of fitness, okay, are you willing to let go of your meal plan? Are you willing to let go of your habit of going to bed at 11 p.m. and instead going to bed and getting eight hours of sleep? Are you willing to let go of the like going out with your friends and having a drink and instead not drinking with the exception of 
four or five days in a quarter. It's, it's that kind of thinking that really starts to 10 X your life and, and grow everything that you want. But the, the confrontation has to be in, am I letting go? And I'm letting go so that I can get there, but it's all new. So that's, yeah. that's really like the fundamental number one. The second thing about the next level that I think is, is misrepresented is that there aren't growing pains and that it's all fun. The, the thing that builds success for most people is a really healthy understanding of discomfort. So in both athletics and the pursuit of wealth, doesn't matter what your vehicle for wealth is, you have to experience discomfort. That's what creates something extraordinary. That might mean an elevated degree of risk. That might also mean a, an understanding of how much work it's going to take and being willing to put that up. But that's how you get the magnified results. Then when we get to a certain level of success, we don't want any more risk. We're like, wait, 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 don't, don't take it all away from me. But what got, got me here uh, is not going to get you to the next level. It's, it's going to take probably more risk and more change and more discomfort. And I think everyone is on their own journey to figure out what's the right balance of those things. What I've noticed, though, and what I have experienced has taught me that if I want to truly get to the next level, what I'm fighting against is this, this belief that I don't have to risk it anymore. I, I don't have to take brave, bold steps because, because I, I've gotten to a certain place of stability and comfort. And if you take away all the comforts that I have and all the things that I now look like I am, the cars and the house and the space and the clothes, like if you take all that away, who, who will I be? So there's an interesting risk portfolio that, that people have when, when you get to a certain level of success and you want to get to the next level, the major block is, I don't know that I want to take that kind of risk again. And the, the again needs to be in parentheses because we don't often say that. I don't want to take that level of risk. You, at one point, you had to take probably crazy risk. Yeah. So our risk portfolio changes, but the next level requires often a restretching of that risk portfolio. Man, this, this is like speaking right to me because I'm at that spot. I'm 41 and I'm like, I want to go to the next level, but yet I've got this kind of comfort, right? And, and yeah, I, I understand. I took the risk when I was in my twenties and I took a lot of risk in my twenties and my early thirties, especially, and even another big step when I was mid thirties, right? Took these big steps, but now I'm like, Hey, I'm 41 and not, I'll be 42 soon. And it's like, dude, do I really want to go through that next progression? And I'm cause I'm comfortable and I've got, you know, my kids are getting older. My daughter's going to be going to college in four years. If she goes to college, um, you know, it's like, wow. But, and, and there's that realization and, and the understanding, like I've got, if I'm not, if I'm wanting to go to the next level, I've got to take that risk. I've got to act like I did when I was 26, 27 years old. Like I've got to act the same way. Well, same, same as relative, right. But I've got to take those same types of risks. Um, but it's, it's challenging when you're, when you've built something. Yeah. Yeah. You have more to lose. A lot more, higher a lot to more fall. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, look, when you're 25, you probably have nothing to lose or very much. Right. You can go back to mom and dad and say, Hey, can I sleep on your couch for a, a, a few months? Like it's not that big of a deal. You can go move in with one of your buddies, whatever it is. When you're 41 and you've got two kids that are, you know, growing and they understand. And a part of the, I think the thought process for me is I don't want my kids to be embarrassed by dad failing. Like, I don't want them to see that. And maybe it would be the best thing for them, but I don't want to see, I, you know, yeah. So there's that fear that comes up and it's like, man, how do I get out of, how do I get out of my own head or out of my own way to be able to take it to the next level, to be able to be successful in the way I want to be successful. Cause I'm, I don't want to retire by the time I'm, I could retire tomorrow. Like that wouldn't, that would drive me nuts. Yep. Like I don't want to retire by the time I'm 60. I have no, I have no goal of being 60, 65 and being retired. Like this doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I get that. You know, I, I don't think your challenge is, is unique to you. And I, I say that with a lot of love because yeah. I, I think we all go through this, right? We, if we have a common denominator of creating something unique in a success ecosystem, whether that's business or investing or real estate, it doesn't matter. If we've done that, then we've, we've taken inherent risks that can't be discounted. And of course, we don't want to fall all the way down to the bottom. We worked really hard to get up to the top or to our top. You know, I, I do think that it's worth questioning though, do we want our story to end here? One, mm -hmm. and are we paying attention to who's watching? So in the case of your daughter, while yes, you may need to insulate your risk a bit more, you might need to be a bit more defensive and selective in your risk. What she may need more than anything is to have an example of what risk and decision-making with risk looks like, and potentially, if it does go south, a great leader show her how to navigate failure and someone to say, hey, look, I've, I took this risk. We talked about it six months ago. It didn't pan out. Here's the outcome and the circumstance that has come from this failure. Here's what dad plans to do about it, and here's what I plan to do with you and what do you think I could do and is there something that I'm missing that you could help me with and I, I, I gather that from one I, I spent a lot of time coaching young players and, and athletes that were were coming up through a youth system but also I built a financial education company that was for middle school and high schools and sometimes college and what I find is critical in both those young adult ecosystems with kids but also with, with the people that are watching us, is it if we just sit on our hands and say like, I'm good, we, we miss a chance to show someone how to build a life, how to build something meaningful. And I'm of the opinion that life is very short and very fragile. Yeah. And if there's anything that I want someone to do by paying attention to my journey, it's to look at what's possible and, and take a risk. And, and if, if you, if you if if you were to like follow and dig up all of my social stuff and, and look through history of everything I've done, you would see most of it has failed. That's what makes me a good coach. Not my wins. It's the number of times that I've failed to know how to do something better and more effectively. And, and that's a lesson I want people to have. Now, in the case of investing, I also think this is what makes a shrewd investor. 
most investors that don't have a lot of reps, I don't have a, a lot of reps, but I have a lot of people who have a lot of reps around me. And what they tell me is where they made mistakes. So I learn way more from their mistakes than I do from their wins. Yep. And I think that could be a better part of our culture and conversation and investing is like, let's, let's celebrate the wins, but also let's talk about the failures and, and understand that by failing, we move forward. If we avoid failure, we're stagnant. And that belief system has really helped me when it's time to make change. Failure is forward. Stasis is stagnant. And I don't want stagnant, nor do I want stasis if failure is forward. I think you just might have motivated me. We'll see. To write a book about failures. Like, Ooh, I like there's it. all these blueprints on how to be successful in real estate, but there's no blueprint on how to fail in real estate. That's a great idea. Right? And, and I've... I, along with many other people, have had a lot of failures in real estate. And so where's that, where's that book that talks about it? Like, what are the things we great need to watch out for? It's easy to go, oh, you got to analyze the property, right? You got to look for, the, you got to do this, this, X, Y, and Z. But there's, where's the book that says, but by the way, here are the traps. Like, this is the trap. This is the trap. This is the trap. Like, these are the things yep. you need to watch out for. This is how you fail. This is how, and, and we, within that, there's, there's the lessons, right? Don't, don't over leverage your properties. Don't, you know, buy a, buy a property that's built in 1901, right? Without doing X, Y, and Z, yeah, all those kind of things. So there's those lessons within it, but anyways, um, I think you might've motivated me. Maybe, maybe that's my first book. That would be amazing, dude. <laughs> and, and look, the, the, what is special about just this moment is that there's a reason that we don't share our failures. And, and I think the reason that we don't share them, my personal opinion of why I hesitate to share them is because it, it would devalue what my perception is. Mm -hmm. And here's what I've learned. By sharing my failures, especially as a coach, maybe this is um, more relevant in coaching. What I'm able to do is walk side by side with somebody. Yeah. I don't come from a place of like superiority. I'm, I'm here to help you get where you want to go. We're, we're tandem in this mission. And if I can share my failures, it gives one you space to share your failures. And when someone shares their failures, they become more credible. I, I really truly believe that you become more credible because otherwise you're just like a fantasy. You're just like this, yeah. like wizard of Oz character that isn't real. And, and what we're seeing as a trend socially online and in, in even in business is that people are starting to sniff out fantasy characters. They're starting to look at things and be like, I don't know, this guy, like, it seems too good to be true because there's no authenticity. And in authenticity is certainly, have you failed? And how have you failed? And how'd you deal with it? Right. So I usually ask my guests, um, what's one way you've failed? So since we're talking about it, I'm going to ask you, what, what's something you've, you know, struck out on, you know, failed on, learned on and how can you teach our listeners man uh we, we, i could probably write a, a good book on that too um i mean I, I published a book uh leap day 2020 uh right before the pandemic which is a terrible time to write on on youth sports i i finished a financial education software build out with a, a significant investment right before the pandemic hit that was designed to go towards youth education so i i like i invested for years into two ideas that in 14 hours died, mm. 14 hours gone. So education, when the pandemic hit, went to zero. 
every, every if anybody has kids is listening like the schools were just like we're done shut it down we don't know what's going on yeah and i wrote a book on youth sports and how coaches could be more effective in leading young women on the field and youth sports stopped because we weren't allowed to be next to each other so just to to cocoon that into one idea I had spent years writing this book and years trying to build this software and raise capital and engineer this thing to teach young adults about money. And both ideas were dead in a matter of 14 hours. And that alone was a crippling blow, but I think it taught me something about really like what's the value of an idea, right? We talk about ideas being about execution, but that was an like, technically I executed very well, just circumstance. Uh, changed. But I think I also look back on that very fondly because I I can't replace that education. And one of the things that I learned from that failure was that A, you can't control everything. And B, that's for sure. Can can you look at the things that you're going through as learning lessons rather than um, highlight real moments? I, I thought it would be a highlight real moment and it was a learning lesson. And from that lesson, I I can can take a whole lot out of that but dude that that was a that was a hell of a blow i mean I, i've had other blows i've i've like you know gotten to the the signing table of real estate and the deal is has not gone through i thought i was going to grab a property up in sedona it didn't go through um i've had a win in real estate that was really huge but that not being my primary vehicle most of my businesses have done very well i've had bad partners i've had good partners i've had businesses that collapsed i've had businesses that survived Again, I think failure is forward. So so I have an entourage of failures that I hang out with pretty regularly. <laughs> well, failure is forward as long as you're taking a picture of, of what just happened and, and really understanding what went wrong. Well said. You know, because there's plenty of people that fail that just that they give up and they're done. And that is true failure. That right. that is true failures. Make mistakes, but make them learning opportunities, right? When, when, when it happens, you're just, I don't think you ever plan for it. You can't, you don't plan for a mistake, right? You just don't like you plan that. Yeah. There's things that are going to go right, but you don't go into an investment opportunity, a business opportunity, any of that to say, I'm going to, I'm going to fail on this. Like nobody does that. It just doesn't happen. But when you do, when it does go South, you got to go, okay, what you got to take inventory. What do we do wrong? What can we do better the next time? You know, um, and sometimes it's of no fault of your own too. Like, look, you didn't cause a pandemic to come. I didn't, it did, but it happened. Right. And you could easily wallow in that. Like that could be something that you just go, Aaron, you're just like, man, stupid pandemic. It knocked me down. And just things aren't, things don't go well for me. Right. Nope. And it, it never, it never works for me because it's, you know, this pandemic, who could have predicted it? I'm a victim. I'm a victim, right? <laughs> you could have easily done that. And uh, of course you didn't, right? Because that's just not your character. And and that's not the listener's character. So, you know, we're going to get back up. We're going to dust ourselves off. We're going to go, okay, what did we learn from this? And we're going to make it better uh, the next time. You said something earlier um, that was, I thought, interesting. Because there's this, um, I, think, I think entrepreneurs get both this bad rap and, but they're also, it's this kind of like sexy thing, right? So it used to never be like entrepreneur, but then it, 
I think with the advent of social media and some like Gary Vaynerchuk and some other people out there, like made it super sexy and popular. And one of the things that a lot of people will say is the W2, you're trapped in it, be a business owner, you're free. And you said owners of a business typically means you're less free. Explain that for me. I remember in, it was during the pandemic, it was like 2021. I had a couple businesses and I felt like the obligations from all of these things were so heavy and demanding that I was no different than an employee. They required so much out of me and I, I'd unfortunately built them to, to need and demand a lot from me. But when we take on a business, we're usually really excited about it. I was, and I was excited about all of them, but my, my spread thin, my lack of focus on, on something significant and the amount of work that I committed to started to feel like I had multiple jobs and it wasn't long before I had so much spinning in my hands that the relationships around me crumbled. My dynamic with myself, my mental health started to decline. And I just, I kept waking up like, dude, what, what are you doing? What is going on here? What, what are you trying to build? Cause I guarantee you it's not this. And I felt like the ownership that I had created was inverted that I had actually created debt. And in a way I had, I, I didn't create freedom because I didn't build it from a place of freedom. I built it from a place of make the world see how great I am. That that's like, that's the most candid I could say. I wanted the world to see how great I was as an entrepreneur because I didn't build it from a place of here's the life that I want. Here's the, the way I want to proceed forward with my pursuit. So I engineered incorrectly. I engineered from a, a place of lack and trying to prove something. And, and I, I find that, especially in entrepreneurship, e even if you've mastered it and gotten really successful, what you may want is to be more free. And that, that might actually mean a total next level change where you've got to give up all the things that make you feel at home and make you feel safe. So in, in a more direct answer, I think that owning a business and even buying a, a, a property, you, you're buying a business, whether you got a long-term rent or a short-term rental in there, you're, you're buying a business. And if you don't understand the strings and tethers that come with that, you are likely going to find yourself indebted to the maintenance of that business. And all businesses require maintenance. And I, I think it's shrewd to understand the tethers and the strings and also ask the question, do I want the string? We, we all want the, the like lovely cash at the end of it, but do I want the string? And if you don't want the string, it might not be worth the cash. And that's a, that's a hard realization. Yeah. But it is also, in my opinion, what creates the, the biggest outcome. Like we get very wide. It's very easy to like, especially when you start breaking into like big tables and big circles, man, people are doing all kinds of stuff and it's all pretty shiny. And your lack of commitment to, to what really moves the needle for you will start to spread your money and your, your time around. And all of a sudden you're not, you're owned by the things that you own and your time is owned by the things that you own. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I mean, look, 
you're you can punch a clock it's not it's not yours to worry about right it's somebody else's they own the business you just work there punch a clock you can leave at the end of the day and you don't have to worry about it till the next day as a business owner it's yours and you got to worry about it kind of at all times right it, it's it's yours you own it and you're responsible for it for me it's my it's my residents that live there it's my investors it's my employees like I, they they hold hold me accountable right they my my residents expect a, a clean place to live in a good place to live if we can't provide it doesn't they don't they're not like oh it's it's 4 30 in the afternoon you know i get it we'll wait till tomorrow at 9 a.m when they like no it doesn't doesn't matter right it's saturday like that's it so as a business owner it's yours but that's the exciting thing to me it is yours like you're building it and it is something you're creating and you are responsible that's what's exciting to me is you are responsible to your residents, to your employees, to your investors. Like that's exciting because it's, it's something you're building and something you're impacting people you're impacting. Right. So I think it takes that realization and understanding and being okay with that. Cause it, it is a heavy weight um, that can be put on your shoulders. Um, yeah. Being responsible. For that. Right. Like in, in all of the things that we do in the pursuit of wealth, Choose your strings. And if you don't want the strings, don't take the wins because you will find out later the strings are still there. No matter how <laughs> good the wins are, the strings are still there. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, look, man, there, um, there's been a lot of good stuff here. Uh, what else? Anything else? We don't have a lot of time, but I don't want to – If you're, is there something on your, your mind, your heart, that you want to mention to our listeners? Uh, well, something that's come up, it's come up today in a, a couple different coaching calls. You know, it's, it's January 3rd when we're recording and I'm a really fit individual. I, I, I prioritize my health and fitness a lot. And I was talking about how for the last four years, January is the only month that I take off from the gym. I, I've got a gym in my basement now, so it's different, but I would not go to the gym in January. And the gym in January is interesting as a representation of where I find a lot of people are in January. It's frantic and it's non-committal. Yep. And, you know, if you're tuned in and, and you've got some big aspirations this year, it's very easy to, to like get addicted to the activation energy that is January. Oh, go for the goals, like hit the ground running, all this stuff. And, and whether you're trying to buy property, you're trying to raise capital, Maybe you're building a syndication. Maybe you're looking for funds. I, I would encourage the time that you're spending with all this activation energy to be somewhat tampered. Um, I, I've watched a lot of individuals kind of burn out by February, just like mm -hmm. the gym. You get really excited. You're there every day for, for a month and then you don't go again. Yeah. And to be frantic and noncommittal as an investor is deadly yeah. financially. And, you know, there's a lot swirling in rates and interest and the economy. And while I'm not a wizard at all that, that's not my place to comment on. What I know is that there's a lot of information happening and activation energy combined with swirls of information 
can put people in decision-making mode way earlier than they're actually ready for. So it's just my caution to you as you, as you go about making choices going into this year, as you go about setting goals to, to think about the long play, to think about what are you truly committed to? Think about the strings that you're getting attached to, not just the, the like lovely magical upside that you imagine and write out in your Excel sheet, but to actually look at, you know, what do I want to build this year? What's the freedom that I want to take? Making sure that the investments that you make are creating more freedom and not more of this like taxing ownership and really being deliberate and really just encouraging everyone to be a bit more intentional about what's going on so that you are, moving towards your definition of wealth to circle that idea back versus what the world says that you are supposed to have. Yeah, I love that. And listeners, Aaron did not say to go on a one month vacation and, uh, you know, just relax at the beach right there. That, that wasn't, that wasn't the point. Uh, go eat a bunch of junk food tomorrow because Aaron said, don't go to the gym in January. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was the point. Build the foundation in January. Use right. January as the month to build the foundation and not get caught up in all the, all the, you know, the fancy stuff. Right. That, that, yeah. So yeah. Love that. Aaron, a couple last questions before we wrap. What's a favorite book you can recommend to our listeners? Um, let's see. Uh, one relevant to our conversation would be Atomic Habits. Really love that book. I'm a big believer in habits over like whimsical, crazy goals. Like yep. Build the benchmarks, which goes right in line with what I just shared too. Love it. Okay. So last question. Um, and I've been wanting to ask this the whole time because we've kind of been talking a little bit about this, but what are your three <laughs> pillars of wealth creation? Uh, I love this question. Uh, one, I, I think that deliberate use of time fits in there very strongly. And, and that is different for everybody, but deliberate use of time, being in control of your time and using it with a degree of intentionality and, and uh, discretion. Uh, two, aligning your strengths, your values, and your pursuit is another pillar. However, those things connect in a triangle. Uh, when you connect your strengths, your values, and your pursuit, I, I think you go faster. It took me a long, long, long time and many mistakes to learn that. And this is an odd one, but this this very much goes to my definition of of wealth. It's finding time to enjoy the process. If you do not enjoy the process, you got a long road ahead of you. If you hate yeah. buying real estate, you're in the wrong game. And if you if you yeah. love the game, I love the game I'm in, man. I, I could coach all day. I, I love helping people break through their ceilings and, and achieve and grow and, and transform. So I can do it all day. I can outrun my opponents nine times out of nine times because I just love it. And I think that whatever you're pursuing, if you truly find what you love, you are able to achieve and soar way, way, way higher than someone trying to to break themselves and to conform into the box. Yeah, just because you heard it on a podcast, read it in a book, heard it at a conference, doesn't mean it's for you. That's right. Like, it, it just, I think there's so, so many people that think they have to fit the mold because some expert told them to do something yeah. and it sounded attractive and they're like, yep, I'm doing that. And then they're, they're 
you know, they're just trying to bang down the door constantly and it, it just won't open and it just doesn't make sense. So, um, Aaron, really appreciate it, man. Um, appreciate the vulnerability, appreciate just kind of the no nonsense and, and telling it like it is here. Um, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Learn more about what you got going on. Simple place would be Instagram. Uh, my handle is Aaron Velke, A-A-R-O-N, V as in victory, E-L-K-Y. If you want to visit our website and learn about what we do, if you are aware that you are your own biggest problem and want to talk to us about our retreats, our coaching programs, or any of the other exciting things that we have going on in our world, uh, which is starting to expand quickly, our website is getoutofyourownway.coach. And you can book a discovery call. You can chat with somebody to learn where your patterns are, where your limits may be, and how you may be in your own way. So both of those things are really accessible. You can send me a message on Instagram or, or DM me. You can find me on Facebook too. Uh, but I'm I'm here to help. So if you're if you're tuned in and want to have a conversation, and you're you're feeling like there's there's something in your life ready to change, I'd encourage you to send me a note. I don't bite. I'm here to help. Yeah, look, uh, and that's, that's, I think that's super valuable listeners to, to understand. And this is something that I hesitated on for many years um, is I'm like, oh, I really like what that guy had to say, but you know, I, I don't know if I'm ready. Uh, I don't know if I look, if, if you feel like what you said, Aaron, like you realize it's you and you need some help and, and you know, accountability, accountability is huge, man. It's so huge. Uh, just reach out and and do it and i'm not trying to sell aaron to you as a listener but look if if it's one person that came on this podcast that gave great advice and i can one person that's listening to this can take advantage and make a big impact in their life that's worth it for me so um, amen reach out don't be shy and that goes with any of our guests. Like, just reach out. These these people come on. They they give their information. Just reach out. So, cool, Aaron. Really appreciate it. And uh, you have a fantastic rest of the day. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, so I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.